This episode of the Guiltless Podcast is brought to you by Black Cat Barbershop. Open since 2018 and just voted by Scene Magazine as the number one barbershop in Cleveland. Black Cat Barbershop houses the absolute best barbers in the city with over 30 years combined experience. Black Cat offers a variety of services for all possible clients ranging from haircuts, beard trimming, close razor shaves, color consultations, and a variety of other packages. Located at 5405 Detroit Avenue and available for online bookings at www.blackcatbarbershop.com. You can also check them out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make your appointment with Black Cat Barbershop today. Listen up, bitches! <laughs> Because this is interesting to me. It does depend on what state you're in. But weed is a lot like remote work. You can't you can't eliminate it because it takes away your talent pool. Because unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, weed's awesome. Uh, fortunately, it's becoming more just, you know, commonplace and yeah. it's becoming legal. But, you know, I know I've heard of companies that are, they'll, they'll test for it just because it's easier to keep testing for it. But if like, like THC comes up, it's just marked as a pass. Because like there's like, you know, kind of like, retail work or like you know kind of more you know just kind of like entry-level jobs or like you know uh, uh hourly jobs in some places they're like we can't eliminate anyone that tests positive for weed because now we have like no one that we can actually it just takes your your uh your, your pool of candidates away same thing with like remote work like people are like well i don't i, I want my people to be in the office like yeah that's cool and Not all but COVID. there's too many people there's too many remote opportunities so if you say this is even if a hybrid job even if you're like, well, I need you in three days a week. I'm like, okay, well, because of how big remote work is now, I don't need to take that job. I'll just wait for a remote job. I can wait for a remote job that pays me less because I'm I'm saving on gas and food and all that shit. So it's a it's kind of a wild time. Like the, the job hunt is a wild, wild time right now because and not necessarily a bad way. I think a lot of it does favor the candidates and the people that are actually working. Um because now, I mean, I mean, I work from home. My wife works from home. This would be a different story if I had an eight-week-old and we were both going into an office. Yeah. Now I got to find daycare or I got to bribe a relative, you know. But now we can actually kind of make it work and just kind of work together. So it's different. Yeah, I. It's it's funny. My other my other job that we're we're, we're probably not going to talk about it as much. Um, I don't need mine either. The the, <laughs> the restaurant groups that I work for and do marketing you know, that that whole landscape has changed since oh. COVID. And you know Kim Kardashian got so much shit, but you know nobody wants to get their ass up and work. They want to do it on their terms, and like you said, it's not necessarily a bad thing that people have that yeah. power, but. It can backfire. It, it's backfired on on businesses. Yeah. Worker shortage turned into job shortages because, well, one, some places just closed. Mm-hmm. You know, some restaurants are like, all right, well, I guess we're just going to close or I don't need a brick and mortar anymore. I mean, there are places that are like, no, I don't need a brick and mortar anymore. There are companies that went 12 months because they, I worked for a company. We couldn't find people to take a $70,000 a year job, you know? 
a $70,000 remote job. So if anyone's like, first of all, if anyone's like, it's not a livable wage, you're a fucking idiot. That's a very In Cleveland, Ohio, $70,000 should be a livable wage. It's a super livable wage. It's a very, very livable wage. Fifty thousand is a livable wage. If you can't live on fifty thousand in Cleveland, you're doing something wrong. You're probably bad at math, or you you're <laughs> really bad at budgeting. It's just well, I know people... there's other factors that can go into that, but look, I mean, as an adult, you know, if, if something comes up, you you just got to cut shit out of your life. I mean, you just do. People... I know people don't like hearing that. No, they don't. People want to live downtown in the new buildings that are what twenty five hundred dollars a month for a studio apartment. Yeah. I mean, oh man, like I see those those young people that go down to forward, <laughs> man, my wife and I went down there like r- before she got pregnant. Like so like last summer, we didn't go to four. I'll never go there. But the um, one of those places down there that a rooftop bar yeah. and I the idea of a rooftop bar, you can put that on a Denny's. I'm going to go there. Yeah. So we went there and uh, we're like, uh, well, I'll just have two of whatever these are, these, you know, specialty cocktails. One of the cocktails were horrible. The person was just like, all right, you want a what? What's in that? I'm like, it's right here. It's your menu. But it was also like $35 for two drinks. And they weren't good. And we're like, let's get out of here. And then we're watching like all these young, way younger than me. Uh, and there aren't that many rich young people in Cleveland walking well, they into like this to act place. like it. Yeah. Yeah. They love that part, man. Yeah. But yeah, those are the people making $50,000 that say it's not a livable wage because <laughs> they're spending all their money on There's... vodka sodas at Forward. And, and we live in Tremont. So, you know... But we don't go out to we, we when we go out to eat we go out to eat. But we cook at home, and I think that part that's of we're both part, yeah. healthy, fit people. And when you have control over your food and you're cooking your food, you're gonna feel a little bit better than if you're going out to eat every single eat and drink every single night. It's a that's that's a that's a a double bonus if you actually do that right. I mean, when you think about like if you and I were to just go get coffee and like a breakfast sandwich somewhere with tip that can be 45 50 bucks yeah it really really can 45 50 dollars can also feed me for a week if i just go to the grocery store just get eggs and bread you know some lunch meat some basic stuff um but and people don't realize that until they actually do it like no like we my wife and i spend 150 dollars a week on groceries my husband just cut us back to that because I just did the same thing. I went to uh, I went to the fridge after she went to the store, and I was like, I looked at. I was like, you just spent two hundred ten dollars. It looks like all we bought was lettuce. Where's all the food? <laughs> She's like, sorry. So we, but we'll switch it up. Like we'll grab some stuff at Aldi's. We'll grab some stuff at Whole Foods. The stuff that we really really like. We'll grab we'll grab some stuff at Target if we find out that the the Target in Fairview that's got more of a grocery section. Yeah, we'll try that. And then Giant Eagle. We got a lot of you know. We just got to find the right, and we got it down to like one fifty because we were spending so much on groceries. And but I mean, that's breakfast, lunch, and dinner for you're, you're two people. Home. That's one hundred and fifty dollars. I get, we're gonna go out on Friday for like a date night. We're gonna spend one hundred fifty dollars in two Easy. hours. Easy, easily because we're Easy. gonna go to like Amba, I think. Amba, but that's great. a Amba's great. It's amazing, right? She was just like, "Where should we go?" I'm like, "If we're gonna go out, let's go out." Yes. And I wanted to go Moody, back to Amba. Vibey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, we're going to spend $150, but we've been planning on that. We don't just do it on a whim. We we were going to Costco and Trader Joe's yeah. every week. And we, and we eat a lot because we eat a lot at home. We both eat a lot, fruits, vegetables, et cetera. And you're probably um, a meal prep person. And too, we're, right? you know, we kind of hybrid. We'll cook enough or extra at dinner for my husband's lunches. And then I'm home so I can kind of make lunch kind of 
as I go. Yeah. Um, so I have a little bit more flexibility with that. But we're like, do we need to go to Costco every single week? Because then you're, you're, you know, you're getting the extra Spindrifts or the Arnold Palmers or the the extra tub of protein bars yeah, yeah. and uh we realized, hey, we could probably go to Costco once a month and we'll go to Trader Joe's just weekly for the most part. And, you know, if I need something, I'll pop into Whole Foods or Dave's or Target, et cetera. Adult talk. Did you ever think this would be something you'd be kind of into? Because um, I am now. When well, I was 25, I'd be like, I'm not going to four grocery stores. What am I, I love grocery. I, I'm very into food. Like when we travel, I like to go into new grocery stores, mm. like, a you know, a public. Oh, even when you're traveling? Or, I'm very into traveling. Okay. Well, I mean, but you go to grocery stores when you're traveling? Oh, uh, well, if we're if we're at an Airbnb or yeah. we're, you know. It, oh, it, you'll fill up the fridge if you're going to be there for a while. Yes. Gotcha. Um, or popping in, you know, check out check out what's new. If, if I mean, we were just in Italy. There's not really grocery stores. Oh, yeah. Um, but you're popping into those those small shops and yeah, 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 yeah. got to see what's, what's in there. Yeah. I'd never go to a grocery store in Italy. I'd be like, <laughs> someone's... This is the time where I'm going to splurge. <laughs> we did not cook in any of our Airbnbs once, but we had to go into a few shops. Like we needed to get laundry detergent. Oh, you, you know, were gone for a while. We we were gone for a while. That's nice. Uh, I made we we met people um, on our honeymoon. Um, they do two weeks in a foreign country every year, and they had kids. So, you know, I'm asking them how they how they do it. They they don't bring their kids on this two week for them. You know. And they obviously do well enough to, to, to take their kids on a vacation and take themselves on a separate vacation. But I looked at my husband and I said, I want that deal. I want two weeks in a foreign country yeah. every year. So we did Greece for our honeymoon, Bali last year, and we did Italy this year. Yeah, don't don't tell my wife that deal. <laughs> You're going to cost me a lot of money. We actually, I think we could, but again, it's another thing that's kind of changed is you, you, uh, Kind of, it, this is weird. Like the remote work thing, you can actually do that. You don't have to stop working. Is that when we were in Savannah, we were driving up from Florida because we were visiting her, her parents that lived down there, and we're like, this drive is too much, and we had the dog, so it's like, let's stop somewhere and just break it up. So we stayed in Savannah for a little while, and you know, we we ended up hanging out in this brewery at night, and we met this two couple, these two women, and they were just like, we we're like, you from Savannah? Where should we go? They're like, I'm not from here. We just packed up and we're like, let's just work in Savannah for a month, and I'm like. Why did I not think of that? We can do that. We if, we, if you can swing a place to stay, you can actually just go somewhere else, grocery shop, and hang out in a new different place, new parks, new everything. And they were like, we're going to stay here for like a month, and then we're going to go home. I'm like, man. we get that, And that my wife and I, we that's going to be, I think that's something we're going to start doing now is doing that. And you can do, we know people who have plans to do that with a baby. She's she's currently pregnant, but that's, that's their plan. We met... Um, we met a couple in Italy, and they, they we started talking. They're like, "Oh, this is our thirty fifth country," and I'm like, "What?" The? I'm like, "You're younger than me. What do you do work?" And they're like, "Yeah, we both have remote jobs." So during the pandemic, we picked up and we went somewhere for like six months, and we just lived in another country. We will pick up for two months and and just stay there and work. And you can do that when you don't feel like it's a vacation and you have to see everything in one week. Were they American? Yeah, they were oh. American. I was going to say, obviously, it's a lot easier to travel when you're in Europe. It's so much You can easier. bounce from country to country, but that's a... Uh... And flights are $20. But that's, I think a lot of, I think people hear that and they're like, well, they're probably rich. Like, And they probably do okay, but 
It also, if you decide that's your lifestyle, you'd be surprised what you'll change. You'll change certain aspects of a life you have to get the life that you want. You know, it, it's the, the the old thing everyone says. You make more money, you spend more money. It just happens. And maybe they're like, hey, you know what? If this is a lifestyle, this is what we want to do. Here are the things that we like doing, but we can't do that anymore if we want to do this. And are you okay with that switch? I'm doing no by July right now. I looked at my husband last night on our walk and we're, we're, we're looking to buy a, a second property. And I said, I'm willing to cut back on other things to do this. Yeah. And he was like, oh, really? And I'm like, I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, oh, I'm, I say that, I'm sure I've said that to my, she said it to me before. You know, when we had the grocery talk, I was like, you got to cut back. This is ridiculous. Like, you can't tell me we can't get similar stuff at a different place. And she's like, all right, I'll cut back. But she actually did. And she's like, that made sense. Because then, because my wife's kind of the same way. She's like, even just shaving off. 200, 100 bucks, 200 bucks a month. uh, That's what it comes down to. $50 a week. 200 to 150. Now you have 200 extra dollars. You want to go to dinner? There's your dinner. You want to put 200 aside for a vacation? There's your vacation. You want to get some extra, like, you know, obviously had the kid and she's like yesterday, she's like. The towel warmer. Yeah. Jesus Christ. (laughs) We have so much shit in this house. <laughs> but she was like, I, I really want this dress. I'm like, get the dress. Like, we're not, this isn't a, this isn't a part where, you know, now that we have this kid, I don't want you to not do stuff or not yeah. get stuff. Get the stuff you want. Don't do it if we're negative $50 in our bank account, but we both have the same account. You can see it. We're fine. Do it. Because the other thing is you spend a shit ton of money when you have before the baby. You, at least we spend less now that we have him. Because we're just, we're doing more just walking. Like we went to Chagrin Falls yesterday and just walked around. Aww. You know, just, which is beautiful. I literally it's have never beautiful. been there. It's. Did you get some Jennings at least though? No. Well, we, um, we ate before we went. So we went out there. We were like, we're just going to kind of hang around. I'm like next time we have to eat there. Cause there's, there's a lot of cool stuff there. It was a really nice area. If you, if you're. The next, the next bougie date night, JoJo's Bar. So I do their website, but oh, you do fantastic. I just had somebody on uh, uh, two weeks ago, uh, Maddie from Wonderlust, Ohio. Yeah, she, uh, she, her story about it's really funny. She was telling her husband, she's like, "Take me to Jaja," <laughs> and, and she, he took her to JoJo. Yeah, he took her to JoJo's. <laughs> well, she got she got better food if she went to JoJo's. I've only been there. I've only been to actually. I think it's pronounced yaya which i keep fucking up but something it's so dumb then spell it with y's but i i we went there one time on a win we got really lucky and like found like a cancellation and got in i thought the food was good but i also heard great things have you seen the reddit review no i'll I'll have to share it with you after it's it's hysterical it's about you know you can't get away with having shitty food in cleveland because we have a really good food scene so much food yeah but if you dress it up pretty enough People will go. Um, and this this review That's is fair. hysterical. And listen, we, we could walk there from our house. It it, it the vibe the vibes the you know and the and the roof and 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 I will say half of our meal was was great. I just expect more if if you're gonna shell out two hundred three hundred dollars for a meal, and I'm not in Chicago or New York, you know. I'd rather go to Sense or El Rioni or... Oh, El Rioni. Or, we had our rehearsal dinner there. You do what? Our rehearsal dinner there for our oh. wedding before everyone else started doing it. <laughs> you little badass. That's exactly... That's places... And actually, the two... It's funny. I 
I was just talking to somebody, I don't know, I guess like a couple weeks. Honestly, the, the guests all bleed together. I can't remember anymore. But I talk about food a lot because I am a food person. I really dig food. And Cleveland food and drink, I'll match that against a lot of cities, man. But yeah, like I don't, like for pizza, we're like, no, we'll, we'll go to like four or five places anymore. Like, Have you been to Sense? Yeah, I've been there three times. It's so good. El Rion's What's Sense. the new one? Um, um, uh, Cha-Cha? Oh yeah, choppy. Yeah. Cho- so if it's if it's, it's by the, train, it's by me. If it's the one I'm thinking of, it actually in the house. You, it used to be in Gordon Square, and then it closed, and then it just didn't open for a really long time. And I think that's what it is now. People at church were telling us. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I think it used to be kind of like where Terrestrial Brewing is. That's where it used to because it, it was okay. here when we first moved up here. Um, but then it, uh, then it closed and they, they were moving and then just for years, just never opened up. And now I think it opened back up. But I remember that one being good too. They, they said it was good. We, we just haven't, we just haven't been there. Yeah. I'm like, if you're going to like, I'm not going to go to Papa John's anymore. No, but they're garlic butter sauce though. Obviously. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not devoid of a soul. Obviously they're butter garlic sauce. They're it's butter amazing. garlic sauce though. Can that, I get that and take it to sense? This is like a billion dollar company that's everyone is just like, it's all right, but they're garlic butter sauce. The company is built around that sauce, not even their pizza or their breadsticks. Yes. That sauce. Put that on anything and I'm like, all right, I'll go. It's fine. Yeah, sense, Ilrion, Harlow's. Uh, Harlow's is great. Uh, Humble Wine Bar's got a very underrated pizza and so does uh, Masthead. I think okay. theirs, is, theirs is underrated. They got Masshead's food in general is underrated, but they have good pizza too. And then this Boom Pizza just opened up over here. That's Haven't been good. to Boom's, but I heard their gluten free options pretty good. They got. Are you gluten free? I am not, but I have a lot of clients and you yeah. know pe- people I know that that are gluten free. Well, before because I'll just talk about food the whole time. Let's talk about what you do. <laughs> um, but that is actually a good segue because we, we were you know with with what you do, Alex Marshall, my guest. Thank you. Um, but you're really you've been in and are in the fitness realm, which is something that I think obviously has popped up a lot more over the last decade or so. Um, but fitness, diets, all those things, this is going back. I can, I mean, this is 30 years that I can think of. You know, where someone, you know, this one is. You know, we were talking about like you know the the uh, uh, Atkins, the Atkins and, and then the uh, the South Beach diets. They were South Beach. I mean, these are before There's me. So, oh yeah, I was, but the, I was born in '91. Yeah. But. <laughs> Yeah, it's painful. <laughs> but I mean, this is, I mean, there's always been that next diet that's going to work. Even you go farther back when I was a kid, then that's when you had like, uh, you know, that's when kind of Weight Watchers had all their their commercials back when they were allowed to call themselves Weight Watchers. Now WW. WW, because weight is triggering dorks. But, you know, when we were talking about like, uh, you know, like I mentioned the gluten, was my mom used to get really, really bad migraines. She switched to gluten free, and now it's kind of a thing of the past. Like, there's dietary things that very much can just help your health, not just weight loss and things like yeah. that. That's why over the last couple of years, and obviously, it's be there's more scientific behind it than there's. You should definitely use this, or you shouldn't do that, or this is what you should eat. You can't cut this out altogether. Like everybody has like their way of doing fitness or dieting. Um, I think some are really good. Some, I mean, I listen to for 10 seconds. I'm like, that is so dangerous. <laughs> well, you don't need to diet anymore. You just 
Ozempic. You yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just shot and you're good to go. Yeah, awesome. It's great. Yeah. Uh, bulimia might make a comeback. Who knows? It, uh, ruin I, your Ozempic teeth, pr- It would yeah. ruin your teeth. So, <laughs> But what is, so explain, like, what is your, first of all, how, how do you get into this? How did you originally get into kind of like this realm? So way, way back, um, I was a high school athlete. I, I, I was a pretty good runner. Um, I was a cheerleader if you like to consider that a sport or not. That's, that requires fitness. I mean. um, and I went to college and I dealt with some anxiety, depression, and, you know, kind of the freshman 15, I started working at a bar. You know, the the bar has free hot dogs on a Thursday. And you're, you know, <laughs> you're you're eating, you know, the, the cafeteria mac and cheese. You just got your little swipe Every cafeteria card. is mac and cheese. Yes. And it's mainly cheese. So I started having extremely high blood pressure, like to the point where they're like, you got to go on medication, like this is dangerous. And I'm like, they're like, you you should, you need to get healthy. And I'm like, I am healthy. You know, I, I, I just gained like, you know, 10, 15 pounds. And I was sick of having this anxiety and depression and my heart was racing all the time. I had this extremely high blood pressure. And I started taking the fitness classes at the rec. And I started just eating more whole foods. And at that point, I had moved out of the dorms. And then what your junior year, you're living on your own, starting to grocery shop. And I wasn't eating, you know, I was making these Pinterest meals, but I was still walking around with like sticks of celery and a jar full of peanut butter. Like peanut butter calories add up. I was still eating quite a bit. I was just shifted less cafeteria food and and more grocery shopping. And I started to lose weight and I made a commitment that I was going to do movement or workout for 50 days straight. And I started posting day one, day two, day three, day four on Instagram and everyone was making fun of me behind my back and, you know, Alex is a loser. I've I've always been an oversharer. And around this time, not at my college, but at Ohio State, uh, was this fitness sorority popping up called Charge, Changing Health Actions, uh, C-H-A-A-R-G. I'm really going to forget what it stood for, unfortunately. It stands for. They're still around today. And it wasn't at my specific university, but they came out with these virtual chapters. And I was a graphic design and marketing major. I applied to intern for for the the company the the sorority of a sense if 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 that's what we're we're calling it this club essentially and i got it and so through having a alex in charge instagram my fitness instagram kind of grew and it was this place where everybody was was talking about this and creating a community around it as opposed to your friends at the bar who are making fun of you for posting a gym selfie in college. So fast forward, I I worked for the company for a while as an intern and I, I felt like my hopes and dreams were kind of crushed. I really wanted to work for this company full time upon graduating. Um, I'm originally from Toledo. I went to school at Miami University and then I moved up to Cleveland to use my degree um, to work for American Greetings. What what creative in Cleveland hasn't worked for American Greetings? Everyone's worked for American Greetings. Everyone's worked for American Greetings. So I was um, doing design work on the side. I was working for American Greetings. I was still bartending. 
um, and I was doing this fitness thing. And I, at the time, I think I would have fallen into it regardless because I truly loved competing. But that was the thing, the 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 2014, 15, 16 world was everybody was competing and that was becoming so popular on Instagram. So I had a, somebody just kind of connected me to a coach in the gym at LA Fitness and I was paying him $50 a month and I didn't really get any direct, it was just kind of like do this. There there were, were no check-ins as we call them now. I would just see him in the gym and he would tell me what you know, eat this many sweet potatoes and, and, and competing. You mean just like the fitness competition, bodybuilding. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. And so, um, I've, I've been pretty naturally gifted at building muscle. I'm genetically gifted and I put on a, a decent amount of muscle really quick because I was, I was eating a lot of sweet potatoes and turkey and eggs and broccoli and asparagus, which is what you did back then. You just ate the bro diet, the chicken, broccoli, rice. Yeah. That's it. Um, I could have guessed that just from bodybuilders that I knew. Yeah. And I would see them in the gym and they would be eating potatoes, carrots, you know, cabbage. Like that's what's in this huge bucket in morning, noon, and night. That's what they the were eating. The same meal. They over were and over not again. eating and they were eating a ton, but they were always eating that. Yep. A lot of protein, lack of diversity, not maybe all of the fiber that we should be getting. And I became hooked because I was pretty naturally gifted at building muscle. And I decided I wanted to take it seriously. So I found a coach um, that was actually based in Columbus, um, CU leader, leaner, Adam Atkinson. And I was with him for three years and I did, I think, 15 shows. I essentially was in a caloric deficit for two plus years straight because not because I had a problem um but because I was really competitive and because I liked it however you, you can't stay that lean for that long working two three jobs sleeping five hours a night no it's not like if you can if that can be your 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 job to compete I think you can do it healthier because I you could probably <clears throat> it's expensive it is oh it's very expensive um, I mean, but there's a lot to kind of unpack there. First, the when you say like genetically gifted, that's a real thing. There are some people we all know. Some we know people take it to the other side that just eat and eat and eat and eat, and they're just tiny, and you're like, God, I hate them. You know, you wish you could just crush meatball subs and never gain weight. And then there are other people that can put on muscle really, really simply. There are other people that are prone to putting on bad weight, and they maybe take it more to an extreme or have to be more conscious of it. So that is a real thing. And when you're talking about, you know, kind of staying in that for two years, the reason that that's kind of unhealthy is because you can't really let yourself, if you're going to compete, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're going to compete, you can't really let yourself go too much because then you're no longer trying to, you know, sharpen iron, you're actually trying to get back and then, so it actually takes your your competition window it's even longer because you're no longer trying to, like for fighters, for example, like if you find like a fighter that is, you know, those guys cut a ton of weight, but if you find them in between fights, they're in good shape, but they call it fight shape. It's very, very different. It's being in shape, it's being in fight shape, and it's being fight ready. So they can't, they also can't do that all year round. They can't fight 
10 times a year because your body would just completely break down. So that you did that for two years is kind of impressive. So I did it for a year. And then what you said, I just put on a shit ton of weight because I had stayed in that deficit for nine, 10 months. Yeah. So I took like three months off, gained a lot of weight, and then had to work extra hard to get it off. Yeah. And that last year of competing, I started having some pretty gnarly digestive issues. And my body wasn't responding or looking like it used to. And I used to be able to diet on 13, 14, 1500 calories to get that lean. Now I'm eating 900 calories to get this lean. And because my body, I've stayed so low for so long that my body's like, okay, we're going to adapt to that 1200 calories to survive. And if you want to lose more weight, you got to eat less than 1200 calories. And unfortunately, women do this without competing because they eat 1200 calories. And then they're frustrated that, okay, well, I can't lose any more weight. So what I learned through my mistakes and through my coach who I eventually ended up shadowing and working for before I um, started my own business is reverse dieting. So this idea where we reverse diet, we instead of continuing to eat less and less and less, we teach you how to build those calories back up slowly or quickly. And that depends on a lot of different factors. And then because I kind of screwed myself up metabolically, uh, my gut, and maybe a little bit of my hormones, I kind of took a different path as I grew my business and now working for a company called Level 10, I've taken a, a more holistic, functional approach to nutrition. And it's not just about macros, which is how we teach you how to the tool we use to teach you how to diet or reverse diet. Yeah. And you talk about when someone hears, you know, I'm only eating 1,200 or even 900 calories a day and I'm not losing weight. To put that in perspective, there are sandwiches that are 900 calories. So imagine some – now, granted, it's not a great sandwich for you. But <laughs> imagine eating one time at like 1 o'clock and you have that sandwich. You're not eating for the rest of the day to kind of put that – just that one bad sandwich in your – but no, you're going to be hungry again. Also, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure, though, the reason that somebody, when they start, your body starts adjusting, goes into starvation mode. So it's conserving a lot of the calories. So you don't start losing weight, at least not rapidly, the way you would think if you're only eating so little a day. So starvation mode, the way people talk about starvation mode, which is kind of, is is essentially a myth, is is that you are going to hold on to all of your fat. Now, your body is essentially just adapted to burn that many calories your basal metabolic rate has shifted um however this gets into the calories in calories out conversation versus hormones and it truly is this mix of both in theory calories in calories out you have to be in a caloric deficit to lose weight. However, we live in a world of processed foods, endocrine disruptors, PCOS, thyroid, you know, weight loss resistance, insulin resistance. We we live in this world where we're so I mean, COVID brought this to life. Only 12% of Americans are metabolically healthy. 
Um, I thought that number was high. <laughs> it, it might be. It might be less. But after COVID, it's definitely less. <laughs> so it is calories in, calories out. But you have to have the the basics of digestive health, hormonal health, for your body to operate in order for calories in, calories out to work. Yeah, that's – I mean, just that right there, like that breakdown, that's kind of what we were talking about maybe even before we started recording about how far these kind of fitness discussions have come. I mean, in the 80s, no one's like, eat more and you're going to get in great shape. I'm like, you can't do that. If well, you, you have – if you, But you have to, like you said, like one of the, obviously the good calories and you have to do something with that extra that you're putting in your body, but – I remember that people were like you can't eat that much and get in good shape. You got to eat less. You can eat you can eat a lot and get in great shape. Yeah. And the thing is, you which women are scared to do one lift weights, but two eat enough. You have to be eating enough at least in maintenance in order to build that muscle mass. So people are constantly frustrating that they're they're dieting down, but they don't look different or they don't look toned. I'm using air quotes here because. You can't tone a muscle. You build a muscle. And so each time they diet down, the lower they go, the harder they diet, you're you're utilizing you're you're usually losing muscle mass and fat mass. And so you're looking worse and worse each time you diet because you're not building the butt you want, or you're not air quote toning the arms that you want because you, you're not building muscle. You're and this is the problem with Ozempic is that people are losing weight so quickly that they're losing muscle mass and their body mass, their BMI is, is changing for the worse because they're losing muscle mass and they're losing body fat. Yeah. I mean, I, I well, the starvation, but I actually thought, I, I know, and that this might be something that I hear and just ingest and then just keep. It, um, it's a roundabout way of, of saying something that, is sort of true that oh, fear a, mongers people into <laughs> y- y- yeah. a big part of what I do is I say things that are kind of true <laughs> and then hopefully the guests can fill in the actual blanks. So you're just actually someone that's knowledgeable. Usually my guest just nods along and cause they have, they knows less, <laughs> they know less about the subject than I do. So it's a, uh, it's kind of nice, but at the same time, a little frustrating. You will always <laughs> adapt to the calories and energy expenditure. So you know, you let's say you you eat three thousand calories a day, but you want to start eating six thousand calories a day. You will gain weight to a certain point, and then you will stop gaining weight because your body will adapt to that six thousand calories. Now, then, if you go to seven thousand, yeah, that you'll continue to gain weight. But same thing if you are cutting your calories, you can cut to a thousand calories and you can stay there, but eventually you're going to plateau because your body will adapt. Yeah. To where you are at. What about um, when you start talking about like, like, like things like that, adapting? So when a lot of people exercise or start exercising, usually around January 3rd, uh, when everyone's like, this is the fucking year, um, they'll start exercising and maybe they're like a very inactive person, but they're like, I'm going to start doing this. And then they lose like six pounds in the first week. Is that along the lines of the same lines of that your body's kind of adjusting because it's kind of a shock all of a sudden you're maybe watching what you're eating and you're exercising so you'll lose six pounds real quick and then someone's like, sweet, I'm going to start losing weight really, really quick. And then week two, 
all of a sudden it kind of levels off and you're maybe still eating good and you're still exercising, but you're not going to lose six pounds every single week. Is that kind of your body adjusting? It's the then? water weight. That, yeah. that first week. So what, what people have probably done is they probably cut the alcohol. Yeah. They probably cut the carbs. So your, your muscles hold roughly three grams of water per gram of carbohydrate. So you're losing water weight. You're probably losing a little bit of inflammation or water retention from the amount of carbs that you have, the alcohol that you consumed New Year's Eve, and and you maybe lose a pound or two of fat because most people are jumping in with cardio where they're jumping in with a lot of exercise. They're going into the gym. They maybe go into the gym once a month, and now they're going into the gym six times in one week. So maybe you lost a pound or two of body fat, but the the other four or five pounds is is likely water weight and then they're discouraged that second week oh well the 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 scale didn't move much or the scale moved a a half a pound when realistically sustainable weight loss for most people is going to be a half a pound to two pounds a week and that's why week three everyone's like well fuck it i might as well go back to eating and drinking because i'm not losing weight anymore yeah and you know, a lot of what we do in our check-ins is we use different measurements for progress. We use measurements, we use the scale, and we use um, progress photos. But we also have a huge emphasis on biofeedback. So how's your sleep? How are your bowel movements? How's your energy? How's your recovery? All and, bad, by the way. Mine are all bad. Everything well, that, you just mentioned are bad. <laughs> we we got to work. Well, you have an eight-week-old, so that that's, yeah. that's probably doesn't I help. I could probably tell you more about his bowel movements. <laughs> so Frequent. <laughs> Very frequent. So we we put a big emphasis on those things, not just what the scale is doing. And when we reverse diet, mostly women, I would say most most of our clients in the company are women. Uh, nobody wants to see the scale go up. Uh, but when you reverse diet, a normal um, response would be losing weight, gaining weight, or maintaining weight. And of course, everybody wants to be in the losing weight category. But if you are increasing calories and you are eating enough and you are training with an effective program, implementing progressive overload, you're getting stronger, you're not just going into the gym and doing swipe random workouts and jumping around with dumbbells, that's likely not going to help you achieve your goals. You should be building muscle. And the, the goal here is body recomposition, where you're able to lose body fat and build muscle at the same time. So maybe, you know, the scale hasn't changed much, but you say, hey, my pants, I'm, I'm down two pant sizes, my clothes fit differently, I have more yeah. energy, yeah, I'm yeah. going to the bathroom more regularly. And that's a good thing. Building muscle, even if the scale's not going down, that's a good thing. We Muscle mass is, is now a leading factor in longevity. So oh, yeah, we, yeah. we need that. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, for sure. The um, So, so you... You get into this because you just you unpacked a lot of things that most people just don't know. You know, like one of the things that everyone it, it, we can go outside, ask twenty people, nineteen of them are going to say the exact same thing. If I'm not losing weight, I'm not getting in better shape. They're all going to say that, mm-hmm. and I, I and I understand the thought process. I think to a degree, I think that too. But I understand and have experienced what you're talking about. Maybe I'm not losing weight, but all of a sudden a shirt fits a little bit better or looser or something like that. You start feeling differently because your body is changing, even though you're actually not losing weight. So, but when you're getting into this field, so you're, you're kind of, you're into it. What are the, 
what are the myths and the things that are kind of hard to get people to understand? Because a lot of what you're talking about, you know, this is a business. So you need client retention, not just new clients. You know, just like any other business, you want to bring new people in, but you also got to keep the people you have. So how do you prevent people and educate people and try to make people understand, one, everything that you just mentioned, and then two, not get frustrated and understand like, hey, man, it's going to, first week's probably going to look really, really awesome. You're going to be super psyched. Week two is going to get a little bit worse. Week three, you're going to go through that, you know, that whole January effect of week three. I'm like, I'm not losing anyway, and I'm just doing this. So what's the point of me exercising and doing all this and eating different if I'm not seeing, and now I'm doing the air quotes, seeing results? Like, how do you keep people kind of motivated? So a, a few, I was really lucky. My first few clients it, from a marketing perspective, responded so well to a reverse diet and lost, you know, 10, 15 pounds, looked completely different. And that's great from a marketing perspective. And sometimes we we shoot ourselves in the foot as online coaches because that's maybe all we're showing. Um, I know one of my colleagues just had someone respond like, you only show people who are like sort of thin when they start. And I have clients from 100 pounds to 300 pounds. And their journeys all look different. They, their goals are all different. And so through, again, building my business, I think people saw – I'm an oversharer. I've been very transparent. People have seen me go from competing and being v- extremely lean to dealing with these health problems and figuring it out. And now that I've figured it out and then educated and taking – taking more of those courses to shift my my business that way i am more experienced with those those digestive issues you know we, we do have a dietitian on staff and an integrative practitioner so they handle kind of the even more complex cases but the people who really want to shift their health and a lot of times that also means shift or lose weight they they know it's going to take longer than six weeks. We're very transparent as a company. We don't do quick fixes. We don't do detoxes. We don't do skinny teas, yada, yada. I am very transparent where if you are coming and you are not eating at least 1,900 calories off the bat, which very few women are, we're likely going to reverse diet. And a minimum reverse diet is going to be three months. And then I'm going to ask you to stay at your maintenance calories for a minimum of three months. The general rule of thumb is however you spent, however long you've spent dieting, you got to spend the same amount of time not dieting. So when people come in and say, well, I've been dieting since the eighth grade, I'm like, well, buckle up because you- You're about the buffet like crazy. (laughs) You don't get get to, you haven't earned the right to diet again. And don't you want the next time you diet for it to work, for you to respond, for you to maybe eat? 1800 calories and not 800 calories. And so what we do is we help women build their or adapt their metabolism back up so that the next time that they go to diet, one they have more muscle mass and they look different when they when they diet and they respond better. So I have a client right now who's been cutting for 20 plus weeks. We haven't changed macros once and she's eating 1900 calories and she's down think 40 pounds. 1900 is a good amount of food. For a girl, it's to diet on that That's amount of calories. That's a good amount of food. Yeah. I, I diet on about 1600 calories. 
Um, and that and that's taken me a long time to get back to. I, I, the first time I tried to diet after competing and took some time off, I had to drop down to 1,200 calories because my body was still adapted to to those lower calories. Yeah, yeah, 1,900 is a lot. I mean, that, 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 that's, a, that's not starving yourself. That's a good amount of food. That's three meals, maybe in some snack. Actually, that's a good – do you do – when you're doing that, whether you're cutting or not, do you like the three meals? Do you like the small snacks or what, what do you think is the best? So the the eat six meals a day to, to keep your metabolism burning, again, that's yeah. that's a, a myth. Um, and I that's actually – That's another one. I mean, there's – I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but I mean that's kind of what uh, – my whole reason that I originally reached out to you is because of that, is because I can find 25 diets right now. I can name 10 without even trying that have come and have gone or are happening right now. You know, we talked about, you joked around about the, 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 the South Beach and then the Atkins, then you got the Paleo. I mean, it's just, I, there are so many different times and, and I'm sure maybe body types or goals are different, so maybe they will adjust, but there's so much information out there that some people live by, some people die by, some people are like, this is the way you do it, that's the way you do it. And I'm not saying either, any of them are wrong. Again, with goals and body types and, and you know, your current situation, maybe some of them are different or better, but there's just, I bet you I'll name three more things today that you will say is a myth. And that's Carnivore not, diet. Well, that's not, that's not necessarily a myth, but. What's it? The carnivore diet where you only yeah, eat? Yeah, that's another one. It, it's a diet. I don't know if it's a, it's a, you would call it a myth, but, and, I, and I'll dive into macros, but to answer, you know, that first question, I'm a big fan of breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And whether you're an intermittent faster or not, I don't care when, I, I don't care one. when you <laughs> eat the breakfast, but three meals a day, because most, especially females, there's the OMAD diet, the one meal a day. You know, when we talked about the 900-calorie sandwich, yeah. most people can't get all of their calories in in one or two meal meals. So I like, for most of my clients, they're eating three or four meals or three meals and two snacks. Or, you know, they're maybe they're having a nighttime snack. Maybe they're having a, a pre-workout meal or snack. But just so you can get all of your calories in, I don't necessarily like the six small meals per day because you're constantly spiking your blood sugar, which that's another kind of extreme and nuanced thing. Like your blood sugar is supposed to go up when you eat. But if we are constantly eating from a digestive perspective, you're not having these set meal times and then set resting times for your digestion. And you're often not eating enough in that meal to keep you satiated. You, you know, if you're having these 100-calorie snack packs or these two 200-calorie snack packs, you know, your your sugar-free Jello, your goldfish packet, and some turkey roll-ups, that's not going to keep anybody full. And so we don't develop these, these habits around sitting, being mindful, eating a meal. We're eating on the go. We're, it's like quick, quick, quick. So that's why I like the meal, at least breakfast, lunch, and dinner perspective. Now, to go into the, the diet world, um, a lot of what we do is based around macronutrients. And I 
completely disagree with macros are a diet. Tracking macros is a tool to diet. Your macronutrients are your carbs, fats, and protein. So those are those are just your nutrients. You are going to get those in regardless. Um, people who say, I eat no carbs. I'm like, but you ate broccoli and there, there, there's actually carbs in broccoli, just FYI. They'll be like, I eat no, zero carbs. I'm like, well... You're, you're probably still getting a few grams of carbs in. Some are sneaking in. Carbs, uh, just, carbs are relentless. <laughs> be, because you, people think they don't eat bread, they, they don't eat a yeah, carb. Yeah, bread, pasta, that's all, potatoes, that's all they know. And this is where all of those myths come into play. And having a basic understanding of nutrition, what are your macronutrients? Protein, what does it do? Helps you build and repair muscle. Carbohydrates are the body's preferred energy source. Fats are are used for an energy storage, hormone health, some digestive health stuff in there. Um, but you need all three. You cannot essentially survive without these three nutrients. And then you have your micronutrients. Fiber is probably the most important one that we talk about. So we have clients track protein, carbs, fats, and fiber. I don't care who you are, what diet you're you're doing, you're eating the all of those things. If if you're eating the carnivore diet, you, you probably don't have much much carbs or fiber. But having a basic understanding of where you get your protein sources from, your carb sources from, your fat sources from, and your fiber sources from, this should be taught in every school, at every level. Because no one even knows how to read a nutrition label. We look at calories. Calories, maybe, maybe saturated fat people. Like oh that. yeah, because we gotta be we gotta be scared of the fats. Yeah, maybe that's another that one I know is a myth. There and are good fats. There are great fats. Yeah. I, I am a higher fat coach. Yeah. Um I think from a, a female perspective, it keeps you satiated, balanced blood sugar more balanced meals and from the I come from the bodybuilding world where people have 400 grams of carbs and 50 grams of fat and I'm like okay well what balance you're just eating potatoes and rice cakes and yeah and rice all day long well you know it's funny because you talk about that like it's kind of like the carnivore diet but the, those people that only eat meat potatoes and and that and there was a I mentioned the bro fighters. diet. Yeah. There was a, a, a fighter years ago. You probably know who Brock Lesnar is, but he got diverticulitis and the doctors dug into it. They're like, dude, when was the last time you ate a fucking vegetable? Mm-hmm. But he's, I mean, he's a 300 pound muscular guy, came from pro wrestling. He fought heavyweight in the UFC. And they were like, this guy's just eating for probably years meat, potatoes. Like he's just, that's all he's eating. And. I know that diverticulitis is a, is, is something you can get it from a lot of different ways, yeah. but that one specifically, I think they were like a big part of it was his diet, which you look at him, you're like that guy's in great shape, and it actually caused, I mean, real, real digestional and intestinal havoc on him, where he had to have surgery, he lost a bunch of weight, he had to like really fight his way back to get to where he was, and I think one of the things they blamed was just this diet of just eating that, and eating it in mass quantities, too, because he was such a big guy. So indigenous people um, get almost 100 grams of fiber a day, um, or, or aboriginal people who are still living, you know, 
in nature doing doing their own thing. Aborigines in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The average American gets, I think, 10, maybe 15 grams of fiber. Fiber is the food for your gut. It is. We actually don't digest it. Um, and, and now if the average American tried to go eat 100 grams of fiber, they're going to be pretty gassy and bloated because we don't have the, the microbes, we don't have the microbiome to digest that much fiber because we've essentially lost them all. So we want the, the most diverse gut microbiome that we we can get. How do we do that? Fiber, diversity in our food, different fruits, vegetables, phytonutrients, plants. And what are we eating? We're eating processed food. We're eating the bro diet. We're eating diets that tell us to cut out whole food groups. And we gut health is health and there you know the microbiome project and and all of these things have kind of shed more light on this the the brain gut connection the skin gut connection the fact that we have more microbes in us than dna you know we have three pounds of microbes in our gut we and and it's truly part of the obesity metabolic issue that we're having because the more of the bad bugs and air quotes because we need the bad bugs we just don't need more of the bad bugs than the good bugs the more we're going to crave and want and need because those are the foods that that we're we're thriving the the bad bugs are thriving on um the more you're going to want those foods, the, the more processed, quick carb, sugary foods that you are going to want and crave, because that's what you've essentially built your gut microbiome on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you, you said a couple interesting things there. One, the, the kind of overweight, obese issue. It's funny because we're coming out of still, I mean, we still are obviously thinking about and considering the pandemic. That's a pandemic we've had for 30 years. You know, this is, I don't remember where I heard the stat, but I'm pretty sure it's true that the average woman and man are both 30 pounds heavier today than they were in like 1960. Um, like, I think the average woman now is like 160 pounds versus it used to be 130. Oh, I think the average man is 200 pounds versus it used to be 160 or 170. So actually, like, the average woman weight today is what the average man was in, like, the 1960s, 1970s. So, you know, I, I've i heard a lot of talk about that over the last – and this is kind of the other extreme. Like I mentioned, you know, you can really – go. I mean, we've talked about some extreme – dieting and some like some some myths and some things that are really really dangerous there's also very much extreme fitness where you're just going kind of crazy like your body needs to you know it needs to recover it needs to rest you know that's why you can't work out you know five hours a day most of us can't you know it's just it's just it's impossible you know it's just it's especially as you get older it gets really really bad you mentioned like you know as i'm getting older it's getting yeah I mean, I could put on five pounds by the end of the day today if I wanted to, but lose five pounds would take me like three weeks. <laughs> but the other side of that is is kind of the other extremes is what I think is I've been seeing a lot of. I think we've all been seeing a lot of. You know, the the body positivity thing is great. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. But it's it's taken a really wild turn 
where people are saying things that are flat out just not true and, and really kind of dangerous. You know, when you're coming out of COVID, who were the people that were very, very susceptible to COVID? It was people that were in really, really bad shape. You know, people that had respiratory problems, which typically if you're really overweight, you probably have a respiratory problem. Poor metabolic health. Very poor metabolic health. And Smoking, drinking, all those there things. There are yeah. smaller sized people that have poor sure. metabolic health. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like there are... There are 25-year-olds that maybe just have like a genetic thing and they have a problem even though they're in really, really good shape. There's there's obviously always going to be exceptions, but the overall rule is, you know, if you're, you know, doctors will, there's not a doctor in the world that'll tell you being overweight is a good thing. It's just, it's not a thing. Um, that is something that has been, it's just, it's a really scary thing to see kind of the way that we're going with it. Because um, again, I don't care. I don't care what anyone weighs. It doesn't impact my life at all. But I think even in the White House, uh, the uh, who I don't know her name, but she said she was doing an interview about like health, and I think they had asked like you know coming out of the pandemic, and a big thing right now is like thirty, forty thousand Americans die every single month from some type of heart disease or heart related illness. A lot of it's overweight. It's just fitness is just not our thing for a lot for a large a large portion of the population, and. You know, her reaction and the thing that she said, and I know this isn't true, is she's like, well, the main contributor is genetics. I'm like, yeah, genetics is a factor for sure. It can be, but it's not the main one. There's no way. My, why Why are we the only ones in our country that have this genetic flaw? My brother is a big a conspiracy guy, and he sends me these all of the reels and the memes. And, the, and it was like they keep telling us that all of these diseases are ge- genetic, but – we know with Darwin that that's not true because evolution would weed out. So we have more people than we ever have. And wouldn't evolution weed out these genetic issues? But we didn't have those. No. We didn't have all of these problems before. So, um, you know, I, I just spent three weeks in Italy. The f- the food comes from people's backyards. Yeah. You walk everywhere. And listen, I I I drink alcohol when I'm home. I we I don't drink alcohol Monday through Friday. I mean, I might have a, a drink or two on the weekends if it's not 4th of July or an event or, you know, a trip. I drink every single day for like 22 3 days. Yeah. I didn't have one hangover. I gained a pound when I came home. It the food, the alcohol, the water, the lifestyle is just different. And my I think my clients get frustrated with me, but I'm like we can't even get 8,000 steps a day. I I go on two walks with my dogs and I sit at my computer every I mean I I I, I talk I do voice, I record voice memos for my online clients. Like I don't have a, a physically active job and I still get 10 to 14,000 steps a day because I schedule in those walks with my dogs. Part of the reason we love living where we we do is because it is walkable, yeah. be, because we get out in the, in, in the community and we've lost that. So I tell my clients regardless, first things first is you, you got to sleep. First things first. And number two is manage stress. And what are we doing as a population? Neither of those two things. And we have the TV on. We just came out of a a global pandemic that was more stress, I think, than, you know, 
anybody could have ever imagined. It was isolating. We we weren't told to get outside and get vitamin D and to to eat whole foods. Oh, I stayed um, inside, got drunk for like three months. They, yeah, we were, <laughs> we, were, we were encouraged to not go anywhere, to not be social. And we know a lot of these things have such a positive effect on not only our physical health, but our mental health. So first things first for any of my clients is sleep and stress management. Next thing is nutrition. So are we hitting our protein goals? Are we hitting our fiber goals? Are we staying within this calorie range that we should? Fourth thing is movement. Are you getting your eight to 10,000 steps a day? Are you moving your body, not only for your physical health, but your mental health? And number five is training. And I think people put that in the opposite order. They prioritize their training. Maybe they're getting in a ton of cardio because they think that's what's going to help them achieve, reach their goals. They're eating no food. They're not managing their stress and they're not sleeping. Also, eight to 10,000 steps a day is not what it sounds like. It's not a. It's not that. I think when 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 you talk about like movement and things like that, people are like, "Well, I don't have time to you know do these extreme exercises." Like we're talking about going on a walk. We're talking about going on a walk. Eight to ten thousand steps really isn't that much. Like for the next, like for five minutes, just count your steps as you're just walking around the house putting shit away. You'll get to five hundred, and you weren't. You're not even trying. It's 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 a very very attainable goal. Kind of like what you said. We're all just so. You know, very into just kind of sitting around and you know fucking around on your phone and stream. Hey, I do the it bone. too, man. Hey, the bone. I, I, I'll I'll do that. But I mean, I, it's 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 a. I think when people get d- d- deterred a lot is that they hear diet. One, they hear diet. Everyone thinks diet means eat less and eat stuff that doesn't yes. taste good. And it, that's, that, that's why that's people one. think you know macro tracking is a diet. Yeah, it is a tool to teach you about nutrition. And if you choose to diet and eat in a caloric deficit, your diet is just what you eat. Dieting is usually what people think of when you're in a caloric deficit. Yeah, Yeah, people think diet really should be, most people think diet means eating less. Uh, Diet should just be changing what you eat or altering what you eat or... Just dieting is just what your meal plan or your food plan is. But yeah, most people hear diet and they think that means I'm going to eat less and I'm just going to eat a lot of celery and shit. And then celery juice. Celery juice. Um, Another one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I want to come back to that. But then, like, the, uh, the, the fitness part is everyone just like, you know, I can't just, I can't run five miles. I can't, you know, you're not talking about that. I mean, you can make some pretty steep, you can do three basic things, which is just kind of watching what you eat, don't drink soda, and go sleep. on walks. Sleep. Sleep. And you're already just at the end of a week, you're going to feel a whole lot better just from doing kind of basic stuff. I have, I have a lot of clients that they're, they're moms, maybe they're overwhelmed, maybe they're new moms. Um, I, I have a few clients going through some traumatic things. I don't have them working out. I'm like, get your walking, get your sleeping. Eat three meals a day. That is what is most important for you. You know, maybe they're not even tracking their macros. They're just, I'm like, eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Because a lot of people, we get to this place and, oh, well, I didn't eat all day. I came home from my stressful job. And then I ate the crust off my kids' peanut butter and jelly. And then I binged on ice cream because I didn't eat all day. And and I'm overwhelmed and... That's just what happened. As opposed to, can we for one hour a week 
roast a pan of vegetables, batch cook some rice or some sweet potato, and maybe you got chicken breast or maybe you got a ground turkey or, you know, and then you can throw these things together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For some of my clients, and I and I know not everyone can afford this, but they they just use a meal prep company, or they'll do daily harvests. So the you know there's a they ton ju- of those around now too. Like yeah. there's a lot of options for, there, if you can't afford it, like you said. There's a or just buying the 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 bird's eye frozen broccoli that you throw in the microwave for you know a minute. Or I do canned black beans and canned chickpeas all the time. So teaching. Uh, my my busy, usually mom stressed out clients. How yeah. even even the twenty five year olds how to put meals together? I had a client. She said, "I I'm really sorry, but like your meals are boring." And I said, "But I don't spend an hour cooking them. I'm not stressed out by the time I've cooked and cleaned up the kitchen, and I've got food prepped for multiple meals throughout the week." And guess what? They still taste good. They might be boring, but they taste good and they're yeah. nutritious. Also, I'm not here to entertain you, numb nuts. <laughs> That's why I couldn't do what you do. I'm like, okay, fine. I don't care. Don't, Spice it up. D- don't eat what I Throw eat. Throw some then. chocolate sprinkles on it. I don't care. I'm just telling you what might work. <laughs> I'm just telling you what might work. So all of our clients, they get a grocery list. They get meal ideas. Um, they get a sample meal plan. So we have this really nice sheet that... It's an Excel doc, but it has a back-end food list. So you can use the drop-down menu, choose the food, and the nutrition stats will auto-populate. Oh, that's nice, yeah. So you could, we show you how to do it, but then you can do it if you want a meal plan or you're trying to practice. How do I even build meals? Because I'm because I'm just picking something up or I'm eating the crust of uh, my kid's yeah. P- PB&J. No one knows how to build a meal because they don't know where they're getting their carbs, fats, and proteins. That's nice, though, because, again, like a lot of things that we talk about most people don't know, and then you have the, okay, I'm kind of grasping this and I want to do it, but I don't know where to start, but you kind of have it built where here's how you start. Open up this document and it'll walk you through it. And then you pick the ones you find. You don't find it. You don't find that meal fun. Find the one you do like and drop on that one. Yeah. And, you know, it's worth pointing out, too, like the thing you mentioned is very real. Um, in terms of like the, the the stress and the day getting away, like I'm doing it now, and my wife and I were pretty conscious of this going into, you know, having having a baby. You know, we're like, let's make sure that we're because we used to meal prep a lot. We're like, let's do, we gotta, we're gonna have to work together. Okay, we have to have food in the house all the time because it's gonna get away from us. And I'm, we're both gonna be like trying to tag team, putting this kid to bed or calm him down, or I'm gonna do this, or I'm gonna pay the bills, make sure you take him for a walk, give him a bath, I'll go out and mow the lawn real quick. Like that happens. And then you're like, holy shit, it's two o'clock and I haven't eaten. And we're consciously thinking about it and it happens to us. Like yesterday, it happens to me, and it's my job. Yeah, yesterday, my <laughs> wife was just like, "I haven't. I don't think I've eaten enough today." I'm like, "Christ, is you, she breastfeeding?" Yeah. Then so she's got to eat. She got to eat more. Got to that, eat. Got to. I hear the hydrate. The the thirst is gnarly when you're breastfeeding. She is, and and like she she didn't have any weird cravings or anything like that. She didn't really get sick, you know. But she oh, pe- the the moms are gonna come for the pregnant ladies are gonna come for her. I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna apologize because she didn't have a bad pregnancy. That's. I mean, that's lovely. But she, yeah, I mean, she's like, I'm hungry, but sometimes it just kind of gets away from her and, uh, and it gets away from me too. Cause I'll be like, all right, I'll do that. And 
it just happens. I'm like, all right, well, now we got to eat something, and we're just trying to, and we have food in the fridge ready to go. Only $150. You know? <laughs> yeah, but it's, I understand how that happens. I really, really do. And it's not, it's kind of a science, and at the same time, it's not. All right, the system's going to break down sometimes. These are, it sounds like, like these are just things that can really, really help you. There's different degrees of how in shape you want to get. There's different degrees of the weight you want to lose. There's different degrees of weight you want to gain. Like, we started off by you saying, like, I put on, like, 10 pounds when I was a freshman. Putting putting 10 pounds on, for some people, is not a bad thing at all. I have a few clients that are – I had a client come to me weighing about 97 pounds with a fat yeah. loss goal, and I said – our goal is to gain weight. Our yeah. goal is to build muscle. And ninety-seven pounds, we we don't we don't have body fat to lose as a as a grown oh, adult. That's a small person. Small person. Like you're a small person, but you're not ninety-seven pounds. No, I'm about a hundred and twenty-five to one hundred and thirty. Yeah, and you're. I mean, you're not like crazy tall or crazy short. No, but I'm. You're, I'm you're... pretty short. I'm five feet zero. Oh, okay. Sorry. Unfortunately, oh, I, I have oh, a shoes small helped. heel. Yeah, your your heels helped. All right, you cheated. I when when <laughs> me and my husband are walking and I see a, a fellow short person, I'm like, "Am I that short?" And he's like, "Shorter." And I'm like, "I have a big personality. I feel taller." <laughs> yeah, I I do like I I can't even. I mean, 97 is that's a kid. You know that really is that that's a that's a kid that's in grade school. You know, and again, I and there and, and to I, to be fair, obviously we were talking. I mean, the reason I mentioned that, and I'm glad you mentioned that, is because you know we were talking about that. You know, the the there's a, a large amount of people that are kind of you know, that's overweight. We're growing as a country, literally growing as a country. But there's extremes of that too. There are people that are way too thin and way too. I think focused on the the fitness and you mentioned it a couple of times that you've said it a couple of times. The first thing is sleep. You know, that's the thing that you're, you're the first thing you've, you've never said the first thing is diet. The first thing is exercise. You said the first thing is sleep and kind of get yourself together mentally. And then stress management. Yes. Nutrition is the third thing on the list. We are so overly stressed and that, I mean, I just had a client it was, she was inflamed. She, the scale went up like three pounds in a week. She's like, I'm so stressed. My eyes twitching. The scale went up three pounds and I'm not going to the bathroom. And that's the way that stress physically manifests and compound that over weeks and weeks and months yeah. and months and years and the pandemic. And you see how we just go down this path of not necessarily even becoming bigger as a country but just more and more unhealthy and i always say a healthy body finds a healthy weight yeah like if you have a healthy gut if you have a healthy mind if you have a, a healthy amount of muscle mass you are going to get to that healthy weight yeah no i i again i very much agree with that that that's a that's a it's a scary thing again that 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 that's it's taken and a big part is you mentioned drinking a big part is drinking we're a, which was only exacerbated by the pandemic yeah and you know i mean we're a we're a big drinking country we're a big drinking city you know and uh. you can have you i mean look i i love beer i love cocktails but yeah like i especially as i've gotten older I man i can't do that every single day and and I believe me, I I love a good cocktail. I'm I'm I certainly indulge myself, but the research on alcohol, it yeah, ain't there's great. There's a documentary on Netflix. It was something like something about it was a drinking base, and I'm like I can't watch that. It's <laughs> our our brain health. So I I actually was was listening to a, a 
a brain health podcast and they said, you know, what what do you do before you get a shot? They they rub an alcohol pad on, yeah. on your skin and what does it do? It kills the bacteria. So when you are regular when when you are drinking alcohol, that alcohol is then killing your microbiome. And when you think about how our health is impacted by the health of our microbiome, you're like, shit. And when you think about the the vagus nerve and the the gut-brain connection, then you're like, oh, no. And so alcohol is not good for us. Bottom line, that doesn't mean, you know, we've and another diet trend, IIFYM, if it fits your macros. Basically, everybody's excuse to eat Pop-Tarts and donuts. And I love donuts. I love alcohol. I love – I want my clients and myself to be able to indulge in whatever you want to indulge. You can have anything. You just can't have everything all at once. So we really focus on this 80-20 rule. And then for clients that maybe – have thyroid conditions or PCOS or, or gut dysbiosis, maybe we're saying, hey, how about it's 90-10? You just have less of a, a rope because your body is maybe more sensitive to those things like gluten or dairy or processed food or alcohol, et cetera. But we, sh- we should and we can live in this 80-20 where 80% is whole foods, diversity, colorful foods, protein, and then you've got your donut or cupcake, or your bourbon, or your beer, and you can have that balance. It when people start that July third New Year's diet, they cut it all out, and then in two weeks you're like, "Damn, I'm really jonesing for for that piece of pizza." Like, Don't or fucking that, talk and, to me. How's your diet going? Don't talk y- to me. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> miserable, and so. W- Along with teaching women how to eat more, I, I really try to promote this idea of balance and sustainability. Your diet, not trying to diet, but your diet, what you eat, should be balanced and sustainable enough for you to eat that way forever. No diet will ever work if it doesn't have an exit strategy or you can't eat that way forever. Yeah, I mean, we've heard uh, so many. I mean, there's reality shows about obviously about losing weight and things. Biggest like loser. That. Yeah, uh, what, uh, what is the one I'm thinking of? I don't remember. It, it, but it's just one. My, my big fat fabulous life or some shit like that. I don't know. But in my six hundred pound life. Yeah, yeah. There we go. So yeah, doctor now. Yeah, oh, that guy's hilarious. Sorry, <laughs> I know that. He's very politically not, incorrect. But I know it's not. So, oh, he's just an old guy. He's like, I don't give a shit. You need to stop. You're lying to me right now. You're lying. <laughs> There's no way that you're eating healthy. You can't be 600 pounds, go on a two-week diet, and come back, and you're 630 pounds. You're lying to me. That guy's hilarious. <laughs> but there's um, you know, uh, in all of those shows, like The Biggest Loser, I think, is a great example. The, the phrase, I've tried everything and nothing worked, probably has been uttered by at least one of the contestants. Every client says that to me. I've tried all these diets and none of them are working. So everything that you've kind of described here is kind of like that. Because even the ones that did work, and but I put the weight back on. Because it's not, like you said, 80-20 for a lifestyle. Not not 100 all the time because you're. it's just not – it's not sustainable. It's not fun. You know, no one wants to do stuff, that's, especially now. No one wants to do things that aren't fun. No one wants to exercise every day. 
and only eat, you know, healthy foods all the time. There's nothing wrong with it. If that is your life, that's cool. But most people don't want to do that, especially the people that are probably clients or potential clients of yours that come to you because they want to make a change. And I think a lot of people don't want to make the change because they think it's going to make them miserable. And the approach that you've or had and kind of walk like- through, yeah, is, is saying you don't have to be miserable. Make some changes. But you don't have to alter your, your life and you're never happy again. It doesn't mean you can't have a drink at your... You, at your friend's birthday party, yeah. you can't have cake at your at your kid's birthday party. Like there are there are concessions that you can make, and at the same time, you're not having cake and beer every single day. I think people also like to stay stuck in their shit because oh, it's yeah. comfortable and what it's what they know. Again, pandemic, we all got really comfortable not working or not doing anything. I mean, the freshman fifteen, a lot of us put on the COVID twenty. You and know, I mean, that's a thing. Change isn't gonna. <laughs> This comes from an episode of Girls, but change happens outside of your comfort zone. You have to get uncomfortable. You know, you're like we said, you adapt to what you're eating. You're if you are only ever going to lift those ten pound dumbbells, you're adapted, and at a certain point, you're not going to build muscle, and you're going to have to pick up the twelve and a halves, or you're going to pick up the fifteens or the twenties. You're going to have to pick up the next weight in order to continue to build muscle. You're going to have to get uncomfortable. It's it's not all easy, but it doesn't have to be miserable. Yeah. We we ask clients to work out three days a week. Can you give me Animals. 40, 45 <laughs> minutes, three days a week, resistance training focus? Now, I have plenty of clients, and we see a lot in, in with women. They love their group classes. I love a good spin. I have a Peloton myself. People love the Orange Theory. I'm like, that's fine if you want to keep that in. But you got to give me three resistance training based focused sessions per week. And if you want that fourth to be a yoga, a spin, a Zumba, great. Because if if I look at you and say, you can't do that thing, you're going to be like, well, that's what I like to do. That's what I feel comfortable with. I don't like this program. This isn't sustainable for me. So we try to continue to include those things that clients love. If a client's like, I I really like my ice cream at night. Great. Plug it in. Plug it in. First thing. I, ice cream my fitness pal or whatever you use to, to, to track your food or to plan out your food. But that means, okay, first thing in the morning, I'm going to have my protein and I'm going to have my fiber. So maybe I'm having eggs, black beans, salsa in a in a tortilla, a little breakfast burrito. Maybe I'm having a smoothie. Maybe I'm having overnight oats with some protein powder. Then for lunch, I I I usually get the salad bar at the office. Okay, just make sure you got protein in there. Maybe some hard-boiled eggs, maybe some chicken, maybe maybe some ground beef, ground turkey. And then I really, I really, before my workout, I really like to have some candy. Okay, plug that in. Maybe you can have three pieces. Maybe you can't have the whole bag. For dinner, again, carb, fat, protein. And then you got your ice cream already plugged in for for dinner. So that looks like a a balanced day. We're, We're not deprived. We've we plugged in the first thing we wanted. You mentioned candy and ice cream in one day. I mean, that's why not. But again, like it's it's what I mentioned. Like I think people initially are just like, yes, they're definitely stuck in their ways. But also, like I feel like the change to do the and, and not that they don't want to, they probably do. But like, but the change, 
I don't think I can do that because of these things that I do like. And there's a lot of conflicting information and people feel lost, lost in the sauce, lost in the noise. And they're like, well, I, if I have that one piece of candy, I'm going to have the whole bag. And that's because you didn't eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. You're not eating enough protein to stay satiated. You're not eating enough fiber. And so maybe we don't dive into the ice cream for breakfast first. We start the day and then maybe that cup of ice cream is enough and we don't need to eat the whole pot. Yeah. But again, we're coming home. We haven't eaten all day. We have maybe we have a bite of our kids' BB and J, and then and then we eat the whole pint of ice cream. So it's about how do we create these habits, this knowledge, knowledge is power around nutrition. How do we get women especially more comfortable eating more food, more comfortable in the gym? You know, I hear all the time, like, that's the boys section. I'm like, okay, there's not boys dumbbells. And girls, there's there there's not assigned genders in the gym. Everybody is entitled to take up space and train. And I and I tell clients this all the time. I never am going to let someone's potential opinion of me in the gym prevent me from becoming healthier and making the progress that I want to make. And guess what? That person's probably not thinking about you. Yeah. I, I, I agree. It's almost like the uh, when you give a speech or a presentation, the people that are really worried about that. <laughs> if there's 100 people in the room, 60 probably aren't listening. <laughs> or they're on their phone yeah, or they're, they're doing something phones. else. Yeah, they're doing something else. They're certainly on their phones in the I, gym. Yeah, the gym thing is another one that I think is, is an aspect. I think some people maybe are self-conscious about going to the gym. They think that uh, – they like that, they think that people are looking at them or thinking about them or making fun of them. And, and that does very much happen. I've seen shit online of people yeah. like posting like a video of someone and talking, making fun of them. And, and like that's – I understand that, the, the apprehension of that too. But there's also a lot of – home there's so many home things you can do and you don't need anything like there's thumbs on youtube that you can download like home workouts there's the pandemic shift a positive i guess is the pandemic really shifted that when we were all forced to work out in our homes um and a lot of our clients who aren't comfortable getting into the gym they'll start at home and they're like what do i need to get and you know we usually say a lighter set of dumbbells and a heavier set of dumbbells. So you got upper body, lower body, and a set of bands. And start bands there. Are great. Bands are awesome. There's so many bands things will make you can her do. dance. <laughs> bands. There's so many different things you can do with bands. I mean, it's it. That's that's awesome. Um, you mentioned something, and it reminded me of another documentary that I did watch, and we did do this, but it was a, it was about juicing, and it was like the, this guy. I want to say he was medical medium. S- that wasn't it. It, it. it was this Australian businessman, and he went on like a 90-day juice cleanse. Ooh. And yeah, but that was my thought too. Like, Jesus Christ, really? Like, I think I got like maybe four days, and I'm like, I can't do this. But it was, uh, oh, God, what the health maybe? Okay, yeah. I, I can't oh, well, remember. Well, there, there was the vegan Eating one. myself to death or something like that. Oh. Uh, I... I I'll find it and send it to you. I, I know I know if I just plug in three words, it's going to come up. But it was about this guy that he really believed in juicing. And, I mean, it would go on these long – he said to this day he still goes on long after he lost all the weight, went back to just kind of eating healthy. But he said he'll do like a – still do like a two-week juice cleanse forever. Like what – or, or – 
you know, uh, a couple times a year or something like that. What do you think about like that? Is that on the extreme side as well? Oh, it's so extreme. So uh, the, the, when I was on this path to heal my gut, um, the whole celery juice thing was really popular. And I, I have had celery juice or a green juice pretty much every day for almost six years. Now, I do not think celery juice is going to cure all of your your problems um, and make you rich. I do, however, there there are benefits like um, celery juice can help increase your body's natural stomach acid production. So, which if you are having stomach issues, a lot of people don't have enough or they have low stomach acid, maybe because we're very stressed. Part of the reason is because we're stressed and we don't have diverse microbiomes. But so this can help you break down your food a little bit better. Um, is it going to solve all your problems? No. Now, since then, I incorporate ginger, lemon, kiwis, high in vitamin C, celery, broccoli stalks. I kind of include all of these in my green juice. Now, the reason why kiwis are the only fruit in that is because I really don't want to start my day with sugar juice, which is, you know, even even if you juice fresh oranges, that's that's still carbohydrates, solo carbohydrates, what we call naked carbohydrates on their own. We want to pair those carbohydrates with a protein and a fat and a fiber source to slow down the digestion of our carbs. Because if you ever you have a you have, you know, a, a bag of candy that's super high carb or you drink you drink a, a Coca-Cola, that's 44 grams, I, I believe, of carbohydrates, you're hungry. Yeah. You've spiked your blood sugar and you, 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 you're you hungry. So therefore, you're, you're going to eat again or eat more. So I try to keep it as green and lower carb as possible. And then I have my coffee over here, which has fat in it and, and protein in it. So that's what I like to have in the mornings. And it is liquid. So I'm a big fan of if you have digestive issues, liquids before lunch, kind of easing things into your digestion and you're not throwing something that's hard to digest first thing right on your system. Yeah. Now, I don't think anybody should go do a 90-day juice cleanser fast, but how do we add elements of this or a juice. Juice is great. You know, fresh juice, fruits, vegetables, you can get in more nutrients that way because most people can't eat the the amount of juice that you get from from a a huge bowl of or, or vat of fruits and vegetables. That's largely because you're taking out the fiber, which is that filling element, but that's also the element that's great for your gut. So pros and cons to juicing. Now, from a functional approach, there's a lot of research into fasting and fasting mimicking diet and water fasts or bone broth fasts. I've done multiple bone broth fasts. Now, that's not something I go ahead and recommend to clients, but from a functional um, perspective and, and autophagy and kind of cleaning up our systems and that is what autophagy is. It's kind of where the the the, the cells eat the the not so great cells or the the the, the disformed cells, and you're kind of doing the cellular cleanup. Those things are great, but most but, but that's like 
that's down the line. I'm just asking people to get sleep, eat yeah. fruits and vegetables. And, you know, most people aren't going to jump to a five-day bone broth fast or a 10-day water cleanse. Like Probably shouldn't either. N- no, you're, you're going to feel really miserable. Yeah. Um, and so there are certain benefits, but we're jumping to the extremes. And then that becomes the new normal that people think that they need to do or have to do to lose weight. And and it's not. <laughs> I know there's, a, I mean, the, the, the theme of all of this is there is a lot of information. I think a lot of it, I think you can find and is readily available. Um, if you have questions, ask and, and, like you just said, it's just it's it's the again it's it's the January diet. The January diet, I think, is the biggest thing that everyone struggles with. Is you know New Year's Eve comes around because usually your your January diet doesn't actually that doesn't happen January first or second, and then you start on the third. It starts in November when you kind of start saying fuck it, I'm just going to get to the end of the year. Yeah, that's when you're like, well, I mean, Thanksgiving's coming up. Uh, then Christmas, so there's really no sense in starting then. <laughs> and then you have Christmas parties, and you're probably traveling a little bit. You have all these get-togethers. Everything's a huge meal. And you're like, you know what, man? June, January, well, January, we're going to have a pretty big New Year's Eve day. So I'm going to start rest on January 2nd, and then January 3rd, that's when we're all going to turn it around. And then, you know, you have a, a really good first week, but like you said, you're kind of doing the extreme thing. You should probably gradually, depending on how bad you were for, you know, prior to that, you should kind of gradually kind of work your way into it and not go super extreme because you're probably going to crash and piss yourself off and stop around January 18th and you're right back where you started. Most most people are like, oh, I, I am not going to get a coach in, in November, December because I'm just going to. And that's when a lot of my clients thrive and succeed because we get them eating enough not dieting, because I, I do think that's probably a recipe for a disaster. I've had a few clients to su- successfully diet over the holidays, but we just get their food consistent. We get their relationship with food in a better place so they don't say, okay, screw it completely for two months and then end up further from where they want to be when they want to start their January 3rd diet. Yeah, and food, especially as you get older. I mean, I found that as I've gotten older too, like the – the food's going to be like probably – well, I feel like the food as I've gotten older is becoming more and more important. Like I can work out like crazy, but if I'm eating bad, it doesn't matter. It really, really doesn't. And it throws off my sleep. Like, I mean, you know, I used to be able to, you know, eat a bunch and go to sleep when I was, you know, 22 and I'd get drunk and then I'd be like, oh, I'm going to grab some food and then I'd crash. I would have – I have the worst night's sleep if I eat something – even late, that's bad. And by late, I'm like 10. Yeah. I wake up at 7, I still feel like, like God, did I just eat that? So we repair, we recover, we recharge our batteries when we're sleeping. But if you have to digest food, that's your body's first priority before it gets to anything else. Also, digesting food increases our body temperature. And we want that body temperature a little bit cooler, you know, sleeping in a cool, dark room. That helps. So... While the whole intermittent fasting thing is, you know, whatever, I ask all my clients for a 12-hour overnight fast. And I really don't want you eating an hour and a half, two hours before bed because I want you to have time to digest your food so you get quality sleep. So we have that low low resting heart rate. We have that high heart rate variability we we get that recovery while we sleep. And so we should have a period of rest 
for 12 hours, let's say you stop eating at 7, that means you don't eat till 7 a.m. That that shouldn't be that crazy. But we're eating as we're walking up the stairs to go to bed, if you're yeah. my husband. And <laughs> I do that. No, if no. my wife tells me to go let the dogs out one more time or make sure everything's locked, I'll, you grab, a little I'll snack. grab something. Yeah. No. And then, you know, we wake up and we first thing we get to the office and there's donuts at the, on, on, the, on the counter. And not that donuts are bad. But you got the, your sugar and your carbs first thing in the morning without a protein, a fat, a fiber. We're not having a balanced meal. And so what I, I really strive to teach people is how do we create that balance in, in our life, but a balanced meal with protein, carbs, fats, fiber. And then you're not going to be hungry in 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, I mean, that's. It's weird, like something you'll have something like really, really terrible, and then like three hours later you're hungry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a weird thing. Like you're not getting like you feel full, and then you're like, I actually that full feeling doesn't. You feel stay crappy. With you. Yeah. But for some reason, even though you feel crappy, you're like, but I could eat again. It's a really weird feeling. The the way that the body is, it is. And I, I don't, you know, I don't <laughs> fault people. Our food is designed to be hyper palatable. Mm-hmm. We got, you know, when you look at like other countries, they don't have Dodo and and the Lucky Charm guy and the tricks of Brick. They don't have cartoons on on the cereal boxes. You know, we market food is essentially a drug, you know, and and we we can't get enough of it because it's hyper palatable. Um, We've gotten away from whole foods, fruits, vegetables. Um, zero fiber in our diet. What's convenient? We don't eat mindfully. We're scrolling on our phone. We're eating in the car. We're eating while we work. And so this has an impact on our digestion, but it also has an impact on our our satiety cues and our hunger hormone. I mean, you're not paying attention. Actually, it's all genetic. I don't know if you knew that or not. Everything you just said is a lie. Well, it's all genetic. Nobody wants to take responsibility. <laughs> it's all genetic. There's nothing wrong with Lucky Charms. It's <laughs> and listen. No, the, I, I get what you're saying. L- it's, there it's, is nothing wrong with Lucky Charms, no. but maybe we mix our our milk up in a protein shake. I have a, I, I feel like a lot of people do this these days, but to get extra protein to pair with your carbs, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. they'll mix up a protein shake and pour that over their cereal. So maybe you got you know a, a chocolate. A chocolate protein shake in your Reese's Puffs. That's no, you're right. I know fine. people that do that. Someone told me that maybe a month ago, and yeah. I'd never heard that. And then I think I've heard it twice since. I do and, know people that do that. But we still need to get fruits and vegetables in the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, for all this, what I've taken away, and I hope what everyone took away from it was that you can still have those things. Like I know I joke around about it. I mean, you have too, but it's, you're not saying, these are now no longer a part of your life anymore. You can have a drink, you know, you can, you know, you can have some, so I mean, you've mentioned, I, yeah, I didn't even have to, you mentioned ice cream, you mentioned candy, as far as like that, you can work that into your day. If that's part of your day, it doesn't have to be crazy extreme. Eight to 10,000 steps is not really that much. You hear a thousand and you think, where the hell am I going to go today? That's, you can get that walking around your house. If you have a, I mean, people have dogs. I mean, a lot of people dogs, have dogs. Like you, your walk. dog needs to go on a walk. You'll be halfway there. After one walk with your dog, it's it, that's 
that's what I took away from it too. And that's again, why I want to talk to you about it because I, there's, I find so much, I mean, I found so much yesterday, different, you know, in, you know, influencers, you want to call them that, you know, that, uh, say, this is the way to do it. This is the way to do it. No, you should do this. Cut this out. Never touch. There are, I, I can find you an article right now without even trying that says never touch these five foods. And I bet you some of them are foods that you mentioned like, yeah, you can have those. It's not, they're not detrimental. It's when you, it's when it's, it's when it's in excess that it, it can be detrimental, but you can still have those things that you like. And I thought that that was really interesting, and that's kind of what I hope to get out of it and what I did. So I do. I know you got a hard cutoff here, <laughs> so I want to make sure I get you out. But please, where can everybody find your stuff? Um, Al Mazurka, that's my maiden name on um, Instagram. That. like, that's not Marshall. I didn't understand that. Well, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, can... <laughs> Al Marshall was available when we were dating. And I was like, oh, I should take this. But am I a psychopath? If I take this, do I jink myself and then we don't get together? We're not married. Um, and now You're it's not available. You're not a psychopath now. Had you told that story prior, yes. And, <laughs> see, we are married. It did work out. There you go. And it's not available anymore. Ah. So, um, and, and I've I've had it and kind of built my business with it for years. So it's Al Mazurko, A-L-M-A-Z-Z-U-R-C-O. Um, and then our coaching, um, my coaching is through level10coaching.co. Um our, our goal calls are free. You can apply and we, we give you the information, um, tell you kind of give you a rundown of maybe what we would do. Um, and yeah, they're, they're free calls. That's awesome. That really is. I, I really appreciate you coming and kind of walking through some of these things. It's, I mean, you, I mean, we could talk for hours about this because there's so many, I think, variables that go into it because it's just, everyone is a little bit different. Everyone has different goals. Everyone has different kind of expectations and, and everyone kind of has different attitudes, truthfully, too. That's another one. I don't even think we've talked as much about that is people's unrealistic, I think, expectations, I think, sometimes where, you know, we all just, we all, that's just how we are. We want it now. You know, I'm like, I want my beach body Friday. Today's Tuesday. What can you do for me? How like, long did it take you to get to where you're at now? It's going to take you yeah. almost that amount of time to to get to where you want to go. And that, that plays into women, especially, they diet down without building the muscle, thinking they're going to look different. You're not going to look that different. You're not going to look like the girl on the cover of Women's Health because you haven't taken the time to build up the muscle that you want to to achieve that shape. Yep. Hey, again, that that's in, so many of us just don't know that. So I really hope that you guys go and check out Alex's site. Check out uh, you know some of the the tutorials or anything that can help you out. I mean, it, it's again, it's a it all seems I think a lot. Based, not basic, but it seems doable. I think that's the best way to it's, so it's, it's, it's not basic. extreme. It's not extreme. People want to overcomplicate it to to sell you something. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. to sell you a supplement, to sell you a, a gadget, a, a a medication, a this or a that. But if if you learn the basics of nutrition, carb, fats, protein, I don't care what diet. If you want to be pescatarian, if you want to be vegan, if you prefer carbs, if you prefer fats. It, it doesn't matter. You have to have the basic understanding of of where to get those what that's things. Doing to you too, 
the uh, <laughs> we'll end on this one because it's funny. I know people that are not know people, but I've heard of people that are vegan and very into it, where they make their pets vegan, and they get sick. They get very sick. They get candida. It's, it's they destroy cats by just making them vegan. It's like nope, cats can't eat that way. They have to have their. I'm glad you like it. We, I bet if your cat could talk, she'd be like, "Give me some fucking food." <laughs> we 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 know some people like that too, and then their dog got very sick. Yeah. <sighs> Nothing against being yeah. vegan. Not at all. You can I be don't vegan, care. That's but fine. There. don't get your dogs. Don't murder dogs. We'll end on a high note there. Don't murder dogs. <laughs> well, again, I appreciate you coming. This was a lot of fun. Um, anyone else? Uh, August twenty sixth uh, at Southern Tier um, live show with myself, Ken Schneck, uh, Jordan from the Locally Grown Podcast is going to join us. Uh, musical guest Scuff Mixon. So please, Eventbrite is up on the. Uh, uh, on the Instagram right now. Hit me up if you have any questions. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We've already sold like 20 tickets already, even though we're about a month and a half out. So it is going to be limited seating, limited amount of tickets. So get them now. Uh, again, reach out if you have any questions, anything like that. should be a lot of fun. We just did the one in March. It was a blast. So uh, we were you know, requested to do it again. So we happily obliged. So hope to see everybody there. Um, and I hope to see you again. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. That was great.